I've been betrayed. Oh, betrayal. What happened? I specifically reserved the downstairs living room for this evening. And as you can see, our audience cannot. I am not there. That's not where you are. No. No. My dear husband was supposed to go golf, but then his friend canceled on him. And so he's like, don't want to get locked up in a room. And so I was like, fine, (laughs) I'll go get locked up in a room. Also, it's 81 degrees in the room. (laughs) So he's moping downstairs. No, he went to go buy himself whiskey. And I was like, well, buy me some wine because I'm out. So yeah, an agreement has been reached. Oof, though. 81. I thought you said the AC was a little better. It is. This is a little better. Mm, That's rough. (laughs) It's just, it's works great downstairs. Like, I am wearing hoodies in my office during the day. I'm like, ooh, it's nice. Yeah. Uh, But heat of the day, like, one to, I guess, eight. Shit, yeah, it's already eight. (laughs) That's sad. Uh, The upstairs just can't handle it. We still sleep with, like, a box fan on. Yeah, I mean... Hell, our downstairs barely can handle it. Like, we have to have the damn thing running all day. Because if you set it to, like, you know, 70, 778, like a responsible person, mm-hmm. it's constantly, like, sitting there at, like, 79, 80 because it keeps, you know. It can't do it. Yeah. So you have to set it even like it's It sucks, man. Dude, yeah. I know. I keep seeing all these articles about, like, hey, we can't just keep cranking up the AC. And I'm like... Yeah, I know, but what the fuck else am I supposed to do? Right, yeah, they're just going to have shorter lifespans. We're just going to, like, burn more electricity to do it. Um, It's till we find, to survive, I mean, ah, to to survive in the comfort we're accustomed to, I should say. I mean, yeah, yeah, like, I love to think about cowboy times. Like, what the fuck were they doing? There's a cool TikTok (laughs) channel I watched a few videos from a way back that, um, this guy gave like tips on surviving or just being comfortable and dre- and what to wear and shit mm, yeah. when it's like hot without AC. So yeah. he'd be like, you know, these flowing clothes or like, like these head wraps and shit. And he would like use, you know, stuff from, you know, native cultures and shit to, you know, t- I guess to appropriate that, but also to like teach people about it, you know? <laughs> no, totally. Even like housing was so different in indigenous cultures because they recognized like hey we gotta fucking work with our environment let's build our houses kind of more underground like they did a lot of like kind of capturing wind like in ceilings and stuff i don't understand it because yeah no um i don't get it like a lot of cultures had a courtyard style things Mm. for that reason oriented like uh you know east wall west wall so that the sun would never would not usually be directly on your so you had yeah. a pretty good area of shade there, you know, and a nice, and then that would also create like where the areas were, they were getting hot and shit with car- uh, current and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. But, uh, oh, yeah, we're really fucking it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, our listeners probably appreciate not having to hear my echoey. Um, yeah, I feel like the in-persons are a little echoey because of where we record here. Cause it's like all tile and shit there's no insulation (laughs) well instead Um, they get to hear the beautiful straining sounds of my air conditioning unit so enjoy well it's not coming through on my end so maybe you're good i usually run a filter whenever Mm. i record up here because i'm right next to the closet because you can hear it that's right because i I actually get just your like you get the zoom shit yeah (laughs) so (laughs) we're we're you know it could be worse. That's not comforting to anyone. Oh, yeah, no. But it could be worse uh, for our situation. Uh, if you're in Phoenix, 
Oh, and no, I heard your, about that. The, if, you know, compared to the rest of the United States, it could not be worse. Um, they just broke on recording day. I heard 114. I don't know what the specific temperature was. I was looking at the duration. Oh, that, um, oh no, they, I don't want to know. Today, on recording day, Tuesday, uh, broke the their own record of most consecutive days uh, where your high was above 110 degrees. 110? No, that's way worse than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> so they just elapsed uh, day 19. But by oh. the time I looked at the weather report, by the time this releases, that streak will be still going. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. by the time we release the next episode, <gasps> that streak will still oh, be going. It's not till no. the 29th. They're expected to be uh, graced <laughs> with the balmy temperatures of 109. Oh, my God. Yeah. What the fuck? What do you even do? And it's not, I mean, like, no, they, they, I mean, they do like, uh, cooling centers and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, mean, I don't mean to like this cause this is, you know, the best, you you know, I don't know the best you can do, but it's something you can do to help people and keep people alive and stuff. But it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, listeners, my cat is also with me, so he'll be <laughs> dropping in his hot takes as he sees fit. I'll try to catch him, but if I don't, you know, whatever. He's an important man. He's got things to say. But yeah, stay safe out there if you're in Phoenix. And yeah, that also, is rough. There's also lots of places around the world that are going through this. There's lots of fucking catastrophes, right? There's fires. There's tsunamis. There's um, just blistering heat. Uh, the New York Times had something on this. Heat waves grip three continents as climate change warms the earth. And they were get, kind of talking about in Greece, they have big wildfires. Canada is still the Canada. Uh, I think the wildfires have now consumed uh, the state of Kentucky. If it were in Canada, like that Whoa. many millions of acres of uh, forest. Oh, shit. Shit. Yeah. Is that Eastern Canada? Cause like that's when New York was freaking out. Yeah. I think it's that region. It's still the same zone. Suffering. I think so. I don't think it's, yeah. I don't think they ever like fully got a hold Recovered. of that is what they're talking about. Um, but yeah, Greece has wildfires too. They've, you know, closed down a lot of, like in Athens and stuff, a lot of the, like you go to the Acropolis the and things. areas. They're like, no, like you cannot do this uh, mm-hmm. during the hot You'll times die. of the day. Yeah. Because yeah. they had people like passing out there and stuff. Oh, for uh, sure. China uh, is also in a heat wave. I think in one region of the country, they marked their highest temperature there ever. Which was in a remote town in northwestern China, 126 degrees Fahrenheit. No, you can't. No. Uh, Jesus Christ. For our overseas folks, that's 52.2 degrees Celsius. Oh, no. Which doesn't mean anything to me. I'm terrible at that conversion. Uh, no. I just cannot I know, give myself I know like 30 a, is kind of hot. 30 is kind of hot. Well, there you go. Right? That's worse. I don't know. <laughs> Literally, I got zero and a hundred. I yeah, I don't yeah, I know those. <laughs> Remy, stop rubbing yourself on the microphone. This is really just not a great setup for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's serious shit. It's not just passing out for the heat. I mean, uh, Europe, I think had sixty-one thousand people die last year in their heat waves. Sixty-one thousand. And it's you know only going to get worse. And yeah, this is new for some regions of the country and for some regions in the world was not new 
for other places. I mean, we talked about it before how India, you know, has gone through this uh, for a while now. And they're, they've actually got kind of a slow, you know, it's, it's like a little less worse for them right now, but yeah, but it's going to circle back terrible. around. Yeah. Yeah. That's been the interesting part of this, I think, is seeing regions that have like historically not been affected by it. Like people in the Pacific Northwest don't have air conditioning. <laughs> yeah. Know? Like they just will sleep with their windows open. And like now they're facing a climate where they're like, I, I am not equipped for this. So the same thing in like the UK. I remember that happening like last mm-hmm. year and the year before. Yeah. They're just, they don't have the infrastructure for that. Yeah. It's not built that way. And you know, the social relations, the capitalist structure we have is just going to lead to, well, more deaths, but a greater division, a, a starker, it's going to heighten the contradictions, right? As, yeah. as we would say as leftists, because the people who can afford it are going to figure out a way to protect themselves from it. Totally. Yeah. The, the solution for them is like, oh, I'll just buy an AC unit, I guess. Right. Yeah. And so you're going to have more and more of a distinction. I mean, you already have it, but that's going to spread mm-hmm. to more places where it wasn't affected before, like you said. And so we're just going to see more of that uh, people unnecessarily dying because they could not afford to live. Insane. That's crazy. And it is, <laughs> it's bleak, man. Cause like I was thinking about this last night, one of my late night existential ones, you know, and the classic, right. And I used to kind of take comfort in a thought that would occur to me of, well, X, Y, Z happened in history. It was complete shit, but here we still are. I mean, you know, there's still humanity. Like we survived that and it was really, really, really bad. And I think in some ways, you know, it was worse than, you know, some aspects of the situation we find ourselves in, especially me from my comfort of where I'm at. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, black death, you lost what third of the population of Europe came back from that. In a different example, I'm rewatching Star Trek The Next Generation, and at <laughs> one point, the Borg are about to, like, fucking invade Earth, and Guinan's idea, the bartender, played by Whoopi Goldberg, who just was, like, a fan of Star Trek and was like, hey, can I be on your show? And they're like, thank God, yes. <laughs> anyway, she tells uh, Riker, she's just like, you'll survive. Like, even if there's just, like, a handful of humans out there, like, and the Borg gets Earth, you'll still have some humans. <laughs> We don't have that exactly, but well, you know. So here's the here's the um here's the downside to looking back at history and saying, Oh, we made it through this very shitty thing is that on the flip side of that coin, that very shitty thing that you think is worse than what we have right now, that's kind of a, a benchmark of saying like we're capable of that. Like that bad thing could happen. That could happen again. You know? And so so it's like it could get worse uh. thinking like yeah, and looking at our world, there's no reason to think it's not going to get that worse, you know? <laughs> um, we watched a documentary on, uh, I think his full name is, I don't remember, it was John James, and I don't remember the order of those names, but Audubon, like the bird mm. guy. John James Audubon, yeah. Nah, hey, I got the order right. It was really good. Weirdly, the <laughs> voice that read his like diaries and stuff was fucking Sam Elliott. <laughs> So uh, you just had whoa. this like beautiful prose written by like a Frenchman, like, and I looked upon the divine for you. It's like, <laughs> just really good. <laughs> um, yeah, unexpected, but very good. But I mean, like, even in his time, he was like, hey, 
birds aren't doing too well because you know he lived at the cusp of of industrial america and like birds are the literal canary in the coal mine so like Mm -hmm. do me a favor and google how many songbird species went extinct over the past few years it's a lot wow i didn't even think about that yeah um they're very i mean i think they're one of the reasons they're so affected is because like they eat bugs and bugs are really affected Dude. So they're just lower on the food chain. So it's like easy to see like, oh, shit. <laughs> right. You don't think you don't pay attention to bugs other than my windshield is cleaner than it used to be because mm-hmm. there are no more bugs. Yeah. But bird people have been sounding the alarm for a while now. Like, hey, <laughs> you think, sir, I want to Google it. You think there's any chance that birds will evolve to eat things I want them to eat, like wasps and shit like that that I don't like? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be sick. Uh, let's see. Over the last 500 years, more than 180 bird species out of 10,000 total. That doesn't sound so bad, but not great. But it's it's growing, I guess. And if you're saying it's more centered on industrial areas or more built up areas, then we might be seeing it more. Like the earliest ones, besides like the fucking dodo, was, uh, you know, like the passenger pigeon is the famous example uh, mm-hmm. that was like massive uh just huge amounts of industrialization and like they used to be like literally would cover the sky like you couldn't fucking see because there's so many goddamn birds which is kind of terrifying yeah because of pigeons (laughs) yeah wow um but they had habitat destruction and um they were uh railroads were like going into their like habitat Mm -hmm. and so they like killed a bunch of their nesting colonies uh and also people ate them a bunch so yeah yeah um unless you're really hard up try not to eat birds just random like, birds just wild birds yeah uh, it's not a lot of meat there yeah <laughs> since 1968 we're looking at 20 bird species going extinct and then 263 in the americas and the u.s pacific territories are endangered or critically endangered yeah and that's where you got to look at too, because um, if you can if you can find like three of a of a species, then you're not extinct. You're you're critically that's endangered. not a viable population, right? Or, you know, you can find just they, they, yeah, they used to exist. Like think about it. they used to exist all over the United States. Now they exist in Arkansas. Like mm-hmm. for a large portion of the population, their ecosystem is fucked up. You know, yeah. because of that the, the departure of. So it doesn't have to be like extinct, 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 extinct. Yeah. Like the other ones are also bad. <laughs> yeah. Man. <sighs> Climate catastrophe. What could we do? Whoa. Uh, the drivers of this train engine. Mm-hmm. Uh, those guys hate those guys. They are. Yeah. They're steering us off a cliff. Mm-hmm. And we, some of us may crawl out of the wreckage. Sure. But a lot of people will not. Most people won't. I'll go ahead and say. <laughs> and the first class car is built a lot better than the rest of it. Uh-huh. It's more likely to survive the crash. And most of us are not in the first class car. No. We're in the back eating our little bug granola bars. Right. Um, so I would suggest, you know, one remedy towards fixing this is taking the engine. Easier said than done, but at least prepare yeah, yeah. to do that. Start doing the work <laughs> so that when shit gets worse... And people start turning to, quote unquote, crazier solutions. Mm-hmm. Then we actually have something to field for them to listen to 
rather than it just being the Proud Boys and the fascists and whatever. You know? Yeah. Okay. So I will say I was just talking about this before we started recording. I, I'm reading like three books at the same time, like a fucking total Gemini. Uh, <laughs> just just a book adulterer. <laughs> I am too, and I'm actually being way more disciplined about it than I usually am. But I usually am very disciplined, especially since I got a library card. I'm like somebody's waiting on this yeah. book. I've got to finish it. <laughs> That's kind of pressure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But. So I, I hopped back and forth between three today. Um, one of them was uh, why women have better sex under socialism, which we've cited before on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and another one was surveillance capitalism, uh, which I think I might have to give up on reading just because it's very dense and my brain doesn't like reading academia like that. Mm, so I might just give jargon. it to you. See if you want to read it for me. <laughs> I might. Con- I could try that. I think that stuff's interesting. I think you'd enjoy it more than I do. <laughs> There's bits of it. Like, I can get into a swing, but it's ugh, it's tough. Yeah. Anyway, well, both of them kind of talk about this concept of, like, tempering capitalism. And, and for that reason, I think, especially, uh, surprisingly, the, the one about women, I felt was a little more moderate than I was craving. I liked their arguments, though. Like, I, I kept going back and forth, like, is this actually moderate or am I just, like, being really critical? Uh, because one of her, her big things was, like, hey, like, it is we are being drowned out by conservative voices saying like, we are not allowed to talk about communism. Like, you know, (laughs) like I underlined one passage that was like, you know, if you talk about a social safety net, someone will say you're a communist and you killed my grandmother, you know? (laughs) (laughs) like, And and that's truly the level of of discourse that we get to sometimes of just like, it's a total shutdown. Mm -hmm. And, and she makes it very, very clear. She's like, I'm not a Stalinist. Like there were some bad shit. Like she, she, takes pains to say, I am not advocating for a return to this. But what I am saying is we can learn from it and take the good from it and pull out the bad. I'm like, oh, that's actually pretty reasonable. Yeah, I would say any, you know, socialist project made its mistakes. You know, I'm a little more tanky than some. So I might be like, well, there was a reason I did some <laughs> shit. But like, I know I kind of have the same tendency of like, Are you sure? like, but that's yeah. But I mean, even early episodes, us would still say like, yeah, fine. You know, don't do some of that stuff, but you can, that doesn't, uh, that doesn't take away from their literacy program from their, you yeah, know, healthcare yeah. programs from how many doctors is Cuba pouring out, you know, just because, oh, your grandfather lost his plantation and is, you know, still alive <laughs> in Miami doesn't mean that, like, everything that Cuba did, you, you know, can't do some of what they did in your country. Yeah, yeah. And and, and in a similar but I think more reform minded way, uh, surveillance capitalism was talking about this. I can't remember the term for it. It was it was like double something. Um, but it was the idea that, you know, as capitalism starts taking off, industries are revolutionized, things like that. Um, you have to, you have to temper it. You have to have a force alongside it that goes like, hey, you can't do that. Like regulations? Yeah, yeah. Basically saying that, like, because um, industrialization took off so quickly, like, we had to catch up and say, oh, ooh, actually, no, we can't do child sure. labor. Ooh, yeah, right. Actually, no, we can't like do that. That's not okay. <laughs> Can we get like a 40-hour work week? It's the Wild West period, you might put it, right? Uh, mm-hmm. That's kind of the metaphor people will use is, oh, right now it's a Wild West of AI, you know? Yes, totally, totally. And and 
And that's kind of what they're making the metaphor of, of, of the, the comparison to, um, like they're talking about like the terms, <laughs> terms and conditions. They're saying it would take you like 72 work days to go through all of the contracts required in a terms of service agreement. And this was in 2008. Oh, so it's like, it would be even more today. Yeah. Like if you did it for every single thing that you use electronically, like you'd be there all day. Yeah. <laughs> Several days all year. Man. So, but the, what they're saying is that, like, because they've met such little resistance because of neoliberalism just stripping down all of those defenses, it just was able to, like, take off at, at ramshackle speed. Oh, yeah. And these companies will, because uh, that, that's, that's honestly small fry for them, is, like, there's literally mm-hmm. not a law so they can do whatever they want and <laughs> they can't be punished for it. But even uh-huh. when there's a law, they will still measure it out and say how likely are we to get caught and like what can we oh, gain yeah, versus yeah. what would we have to settle you know it's like in a all of labor law i feel like is like what can i get away with <laughs> yeah you know can i bring in a fake priest and <laughs> uh handle confessions Apparently. yeah uh they will try to do whatever uh it oh, brings yeah. this brings to mind if you don't mind a little segue yeah yeah i know i'm i was done with that <laughs> I didn't finish either of those books, so I'm all untapped. <laughs> <laughs> this brings to mind an interesting aspect of the uh, of the Hollywood strike of the actors joining. Mm, yeah, uh, with the with the writers, where they were already on strike, and so then the the Screen Actors Guild and everybody join in. It's not just them. There's also the AFTRA. What does that stand for? I saw that floating around. I don't know. I just saw SAG AFTRA. I saw that on some shirts. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what that is. The American Federation of Television and Radio Artists. Mm, okay, so maybe more like producers and stuff. Uh, oh, maybe they're like united, like they're they're now the same thing. Oh, yeah, they merged. Ah, <gasps> that's cool. In twenty twelve, so that's just what I mean, they that's are. That's great too, just to get radio in there too. That's great. Yeah, the old the old yeah. one, Wikipedia says, was a performers union, represented a wide variety of talent, including actors in radio and television. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just like, hey, we all kind of do the same shit. Let's mm-hmm. so. performance in some way. So talking about this, I don't know. There's a few things that have been floating around in the news about it that I was like interested in. One to to make the segue actually is that the actors said, "Hey, one reason we joined this is because the studios tried to put in 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 the negotiations that." We would have to agree to have our likeness on. Yeah, this this is the AI thing, the scanning, right? Yeah, that they could scan your likeness when you like go to work for them, you know. And yeah, then, yeah. Some I read some story like some girl got paid like a hundred bucks for it, and I'm like, that's not very much money. Well, yeah, and and then they could they would own that likeness of you, and then they could you know if they used it. As, as even for extras parts and stuff is like, oh, we're just going to make this guy go in the background like you did that one time. They would pay you a day's wages for that, but that's it. You'd never that's see insane. any royalties off of that, anything like that. That was just boom. And then, you know, think about it. What could they be making you do? Like, if they own your AI likeness, oh, yeah. how good is that going to get in the future? What could they deep fake you into being without your consent? And they just pay you no, a day's no, no, wages? No. That's disgusting. Yeah. And I didn't really think about it from this angle but i was uh reading some stuff about it and you know big shot actors now were saying this is fucked up because i'm a big shot actor i don't have to do extra work but that's how a lot of people started yeah absolutely it is 
So how are they, you know, ever going to, how are people going to make it in this business unless they're Nepo babies, unless they're just, you know, they have connections somehow, like what, you know, what does the future look like without any sort of training ground? It looks like basically what it looks like today, but 50 years from now, talking the same actors, dead or alive. Uh, oh, God. Grim. They're it's going to be, that. yeah, it's going to be the, the New Hope, or not New Hope, but uh, Last Jedi Leia or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. all, all mm-hmm. over the place. Ugh. Harrison Ford thought he did his last Indiana Jones, but it's actually, he's going to do like 12 <laughs> more of those. I mean, he actually is going to do one more, which is crazy. He's so fucking. Oh, old. I thought this one was going to be the last one. I, you know, well, I, I mean, that's what I'm referring to is that one. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But who knows? <laughs> yeah, I was reading a little bit about like the equation, not the actual math, because I'm not a fucking nerd, but like <laughs> <laughs> the the kind of old model of of how like TV and film worked was was based on residuals, and like mm-hmm. you also kind of accepted that like. Yeah, your movie might not make money, but I would still get paid. Right. You know? Yeah. And, and the structure it was kind of, of payment, yeah. The structure of payment was such that, like, they knew the executives were taking a huge fucking chunk and paying themselves with it and just, like, doing whatever the fuck they wanted over there. But they were like, well, at least I have this. Like, I have a stable enough income. Yeah. I mean, because their union had fought for that, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, like, that's only part of that. Like, most actor i read a a stat that like most actors are way on the other side of that where they're making like fucking twenty six thousand dollars a year like living in fucking la LA. i don't know what you're doing (laughs) well they're doing other jobs i mean they have to yeah they're doing other shit yeah Yeah. what they're doing but um yeah and so like that used to be the thing and like what and you know eventually they realized like oh i'm just gonna start squeezing them out of those residuals so like it just they're trying to shift that equation and and obviously in favor of the bosses and they're like hey like, what well, this was already bad this is just so much more untenable now yeah and it's not just like the big studios they're probably not as big of an offender in terms of that residuals question as it is the streaming services because i mean it is yeah netflix and prime and stuff they can buy like a season that's what the writers were on about is that they could buy basically a season and get it and be like no, no, you know, and they could pay for that and you're never seeing any mo- or more money from them again versus like the old style of like, hey, I got a job like writing weekly mm-hmm. for this TV show and I have a steady stream of income from that. Yes, yes. And like with streaming too, I think particularly, I, I mean, I think it happens to all shows. Um, it seems like animation for some reason, it's it's really bad, but like the trend of just taking them off, wiping them out of existence, like one, that fucking sucks. Like people worked on that. Yeah. Like, that's their art. And you just were like, gone. <laughs> yeah. You <laughs> and, own it. And, you put it in the Disney vault, basically. And it's, uh-huh. it's gone. And they did that with so many shows. And and with streaming, it's such a opaque black box of like, they refuse to release numbers. So we have no idea. It To me, it's like a, it's in a great example of how fake the fucking economy is. Because it's just like, we're not going to tell you like what actual value there is. We're going to say what we think the value is and just randomly like, allocate resources to what we think is important. Also, a lot of that is basically just money laundering. We're paying ourselves and calling it expenses. Like, it's just a fucking shell game. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, Hollywood's been money laundering for a lot longer than streaming, but... (laughs) I mean, yes, for sure. But, like, you hear about these, like, $100 million TV shows that you've never fucking heard of getting canceled. And you're like, what? Am I having a stroke? What is this? (laughs) Yeah. Who paid whom for that? What is that? Yeah. Uh, I mean, all that's fucked up. I... You know, really hope they're able to hold their ground on this. 
it does seem like momentum is kind of on their side or like public sentiment. I don't see a You would, I don't know. It's, it's a weird mix. And I've heard kind of criticisms of this, of like, we shouldn't get enamored of the celebrity aspect of it and be like, Oh cool. Like there's, you know, <laughs> so-and-so on the picket line or whatever. Like that's, uh, I, you know, kind of iconic, what the opposite of iconoclastic of like idol uh, idolizing Idolatry. them or something yeah <laughs> yeah um and like not good i guess for class conscious but like i think <laughs> that's the lesser concern to me than it is i'm neutral about it yeah because to me it's it's not as offending as like uh i i don't see people getting too swayed by the conservatives being like those rich actors need to just go mm-hmm. back you know like people are it seems uh, you know, wide-eyed enough about the, this the AI angle, especially, and kind of learning a little bit more about how shitty of a gig uh, acting below the top, top, top tiers, you know, yes. and writing is. I would say even in the top tiers, I've read a lot from actors now who are just like, I'm so fucking tired of Marvel movies, like, and like how the acting is weird for that because you don't like interact with stuff; it's just green. Oh, yeah, it's just all CGI, just copy paste shit. And like, it's just it's not fun. Like, I, there's some story like this, this guy, like met uh, Robert Downey Jr. and was like asking him what it's like to be Iron Man. He's like, I put on a fucking suit. Like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> like, he was so unexcited about it. He's just like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. And, and, you know, Mark Ruffalo is saying like, no, we need to focus more on indie films. Like, that's what they want to do. If we're being honest. They're like, artists. They're actors. Yeah. They're artists. They want to fucking act. Yeah. And we're hemming them into these fucking franchises and it's got to be really stifling. I will I so I will say in in terms of media and public perceptions there have been a couple of things that I've seen that were shady. One was a news outlet shared a video of Matt Damon talking about how um you know the writing this is before the actors joined in with the writing strike mm-hmm. talking about how this was really going to affect actors and put them out of work. The next line in the video was, and we should support that. <laughs> you know, like he was for it. He was like, yeah, also, like, we should be in solidarity with them. Like, yeah. he's totally on board. Uh-huh. So, you know, obviously, there's a lot of going to be a lot of people trying to use this, spin this into something. And then another, like, kind of interesting arena that I've seen responses to this is from, like, kind of the gaming RPG community, mm. where, like, because like Twitch and streaming and and like D and D streams and stuff are so popular, yeah. Um, like people are, were kind of like wondering, like, should should we go? Like, is this acting? <laughs> you know, ah. um, which like yeah, I could see the argument for both. Like, some of them are more acting than others. I would say <laughs> it's that divide between uh, what you consider, uh, what you traditionally consider acting versus content creation if there's a difference between that yeah totally but but one thing i did see was from i don't remember which one it was it was some sort of popular role-playing game uh content people Mm -hmm. saying that like they were using that (laughs) some really classic language of like we don't feel the need to go on strike because we just want to focus on playing and like we're a family. And someone was like, this could have been taken out of an anti-union video from fucking 1995. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to delude so, yourself yeah. like that, but there's also less of, I mean, nah, I would say 
Twitch and those platforms could totally organize mm-hmm. and form like, you know, a, a, a union, a guild, something. Fuck Etsy owners should because they've totally run them out of the game. They got a raw deal. The fees there are really bad. The fucking, they can just put holes in your shop for no reason. Uh, they've added a haggle feature. <laughs> what? And yeah, it's, and, and there's also just the thing it said it was going to do, which is bring handcrafted shit to people, uh-huh. is not the thing it does anymore. You go on there and there's all kinds of mass market bullshit on there. Yeah, knock off this and just like screen printed. Never, you know, never underestimate an old man who lifts weights and was born in October. <laughs> yeah, and just, just like shit that I'm like, are you just buying this on Amazon and reselling it for a like, What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> it's weird stuff, weird stuff. I feel like, I don't know, those like areas of commerce, where even if it's digital, you are engaging in work of some sort. Yeah. It's, you know... I would say it's different than like acting maybe, but it's not any different really than like stand up, say. I was going to say it's a performance. Yeah, it's a it's a performing art because you are in, you know, in, in this sort of stand up way, you're interacting things. with your audience, <laughs> you know, that sort of so you should be able to, you know, organize for that, I feel like. Um now it's hyper individualistic. You're always like looking out to like boost your numbers versus that. you don't want to you want to be the biggest best channel. Or what have you? So there's a, that's that that's a big obstacle, I think. But if they could get over that, they could do some stuff if they were angry enough about the deal. Hollywood's the same way. Like I saw a lot of warnings going around of like, hey, if someone comes to you saying like, hey, I I suddenly am very interested in the script idea for of yours that I threw out ten years ago, they're trying to get you to cross a picket line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you definitely have to watch out for that if you're in that situation. I thought. I also thought it was interesting. I don't know. To kind of tie this back in, you were saying how you know artists of any, you know, whatever the role is here, writer, actor, what have you, they want to create, right? They want to do something good, and the mechanisms of our society, social relations, the whole capitalist bullshit, is channeling them into. Hey, actually, you're gonna like churn stuff out and you're going to go through the motions of kind of being like an actor and a creative person, but you're going to do it to produce slop that we're going to give to people. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think that you're not probably listening. You're, you're not an actor or a writer or what have you in a creative field. Maybe you are, uh, but you know, many of us are not, but we face these same, this same dilemma, the same problem of, liking and having passions for things and maybe it sort of relates to your job maybe it doesn't but the system channeling you into hey i I know that's what you like to do and that's your passion but like what you're actually going to do is this and we're going to regiment you and we're going to watch you and it's not it's going to alienate you from that i mean that goes all the way back to Karl marx talking about you know people liking to play the piano, but then it's their job and now he hates it, you know? Yeah, no, totally. I I struggled with that a lot when I was like starting out as an artist. Like I really, 
I didn't want to pursue it professionally as a degree because I was like, what if it becomes not fun? And I was really scared of that. In some ways I do like kind of mourn that like creative freedom. Like I used to just fuck around with art. I was like, fucking let's glue some tissue paper to canvas and see what it looks like. Yeah. (laughs) And like, I don't really have that in my practice anymore. Every now and then I'm like, okay, like we're going to get silly with it. But like, it's very, like I have to set aside time for that. Yeah. And I don't know. That would be one thing if we ever try to, make a living off of this i think it would suck (laughs) from that is that we're we're hustling so fucking much yeah and and it would it would become so much of a grind sometimes honestly it already is i'm like i don't feel like researching (laughs) Uh, we do but it's so much better that we have that freedom to be like well it's it's just something we could do or not do you know Uh, yeah like it's it's not the end of the world (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah so that's i think probably what keeps us going is that we're not doing it for a business or something i think so like every time i've looked at doing that i'm like oh god they're gonna expect more they're gonna expect like higher quality they're gonna expect you know extreme regularity and i'm just like i can't commit to that right now so yeah (laughs) and i don't know i would you know i think you could go up to almost anybody and ask them about their job and what they don't like about it and probably the answer will come back to capitalism even if it seems like oh it's bad management it's just this one guy and it's like Hey, why was that guy promoted? Yeah, did you guys <laughs> choose him to be your things. leader? Ugh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. The solidarity to them. Yes, absolutely. In case you're wondering what you can do, um, I have read that you don't have to strike going to the movies if you want to go to the movies. Because everything so, like that's already been produced, right? It's already been produced, and also like. We want to show that movies are still important. <laughs> like you're you're helping their numbers if you go and stuff. Yeah. So like fucking keep watching shit. That's fine. And that money goes to the actors that have you know some of it goes to the actors that have already produced those movies. Uh, and some of those movies may contain great stuff like Chinese communist propaganda. <gasps> this Barbie. Oh yeah, Barbie, Barbie, Barbie. <laughs> Did you hear about this, too? <laughs> I did. I did. I was so confused. The headline was like, Ted Cruz complains about Chinese propaganda in Barbie movie. And I was like, did my brain just break? What happened? Oh, my brother in Christ, Ted Cruz. <laughs> and that's an extraordinary theological statement. I think if... That's a stretch. If, He's not my brother right, in Christ. If anybody were to be excluded from being our brother in Christ, <laughs> if you were in, in a Christian sense... It would be Ted Cruz, because fuck him. He yeah. sucks. But he, He's my uh, arch nemesis in, not even, I don't even want to give him to Satan. Like, Satan's too cool for that shit. Oh, yeah. In garbage. Satan's a Ar- step Arch above. nemesis in garbage. Yeah. Total trash. We, we're speaking from a special point of hate, because we're in Texas. Mm-hmm. I get his emails, because one time I emailed him, so. <laughs> Every now and then, I like, late at night, I'll get an email like, hello, <laughs> good evening, and then it's just Ted Cruz on, I'm like, ah, stop. Yeah, he's like, it's, there's still time to become straight, or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, it's too late, it's too late. <laughs> um, so, Ted Cruz, I had the, the same response to you to this, like, to this, like, what, <laughs> what is, is going on? Am I high? Uh, but what here's happened? what he said about the... You know, the geopolitical messages of the very realistic world of the Barbie movie. (laughs) Which I've heard great things about and I can't wait to see. It didn't look like my type of movie, but yeah, maybe it's cool. (laughs) It looks fun. Um, Here's his quote. I'll just let the man hang himself. (laughs) Speak for himself. (laughs) 
If only, right? Yeah. There's a scene in Barbie where there is this map of the world, and it's drawn like with crayon. I mean, it's a really a very simple cartoon. And so they have this blockish thing that's called Asia, and then they've drawn what are called the nine dashes. So this is what he said in an interview with the Daily Signal on Sunday. This is according to an article in Business Insider. I've seen the picture. I don't Oh, get... you saw the picture of the map? Yeah. Of this yeah. hyper-realistic crayon-drawn <laughs> map labeled Asia. Yes. He said, this is Chinese communist propaganda in which the Chinese are asserting their sovereignty over the entirety of the South China Sea. And they don't oh, have any right God. to it under international law, but they are trying to take it away from their neighbors there. Oh my God. That's, that's what it's because he thinks they're in the sea. My, my man got mad at a crayon map in the Barbie movie. <laughs> An intentionally poorly drawn map. <laughs> Saying it was communist propaganda. Great. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, okay. Wow. So I don't even that know about incredible. the nine lines, what that is. Yeah. Is, is that a significance? Or is that just like, that's the way it was drawn? Oh, here we go. Wikipedia has a whole <laughs> article on it. The nine mm-hmm. dash line. A very mm-hmm. oh, Also, at various times, referred to as the 11-dash line. Ooh, 9-11? Coincidence? By Taiwan. Taiwan calls it that. A set of line segments on various maps that indicate the territorial claims of the People's Republic of China and Taiwan in the South China Sea. So this existed before Barbie movie, this yeah, concept? The nine okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, and because there happened to be nine dashes on the... <laughs> Crayon map. Crayon drawing. <laughs> oh, good that lord. This man represents my, my state. The, yeah, the, he talks to people. He makes important decisions. One of the most populous states in the United States. Cool. I love having my, my fate attached to him. Yeah. Uh, determines like the health care access that people <laughs> have, women have. Yeah. Good stuff. Pretty cool. Uh, complete... And utter buffoon. <laughs> well, our great state of Texas also has some idiots. Uh, mm-hmm. Besides Ted Cruz, a little bit more oh, really? homegrown and tethered closer to, you know, their their dog <laughs> no. chain is shorter. We keep them in the state. <laughs> so no one can see them. Yeah. And this is just a... Uh, kind of a classic cronies of capitalism sort of thing of like this is not capitalism the story here that we're about to tell you it's not capitalism like run amok or accidental or you know oops we did some corruption (laughs) oops all capitalism (laughs) this is just what they do (laughs) routinely okay this is this is good capitalism yeah this is just normal for election elected officials if someone does it too clumsily, they'll get, you know, <laughs> hanged out in the press. But the interesting thing in Texas is if they do it too clumsily, no one fucking cares. They're Republicans. Wow. Okay, great. What are they doing? All right. So you may have heard of this guy, Ken Paxton. I hate that guy. Yeah. Well, he's getting impeached. He got impeached. Great. But they're doing, you know, the second part where you do the trial. Um, to sure. see, oh, did this guy, you know, really do the thing? Whatever. Are we going to throw him out? But at some point... During that process, Texas said, okay, now you guys can start, like you, like all of your elected officials there, you can start fundraising and shit like that for 
upcoming campaigns. And so they just released the, the documents to show like, you know, their, their report on who all got what money from whom and everything. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, you could actually go look at this stuff. Um, the Texas Tribune in this, the article that I'm talking about here, uh, by Patrick Svitek titled six large donors fuel Ken Paxton's post impeachment campaign fundraising talks about and names names and city locations of people that funded this guy ken paxton raised 1.7 million dollars for this campaign fundraising for the final tw- he had 12 days in june to raise this money and he raised 1.7 million dollars this guy is like proven corrupt Enough to be impeached by the Republican House of Representatives here. <laughs> That's pretty fucking bad. And he says, oh, no, no, no. It's a witch hunt. This independent study, which my campaign staff paid for, uh, <laughs> says that I was completely innocent. <gasps> and then that didn't come out till later. He was always, saying, oh, outside study, outside no. study. We, you know, commissioned that. Uh, oh, my God. Now, the, the interesting thing about the 1.7, when I looked at that, I was like, okay. And then at first they only reported like the regular numbers, like, oh, this was from this many donors. But this Uh article breaks it down and says that 1.2 million of that came from only six (gasps) people. Holy shit. Who gave at least $100,000 each. The top donor, friend of the show, Gary Heaven, gave half a million dollars. Jesus. To this guy. He's the founder of fitness chain Curves International uh, from the Waco (laughs) suburb of Woodway. That sucks. We're not doxing him. It's in the article. Uh, yeah, that's just that's <laughs> just his shit, man. <laughs> uh, anyway, so they, they go on a lot about these guys and, and who contributed. Uh, among them is Tim Dunn, uh, who's a Midland oilman who gave 150000 Uh He is also a top funder of a uh, political action committee called Defend Texas Liberty. And the interesting thing that I find about Defend Texas Liberty is another article in the Texas Tribune <laughs> uh, which covers the finances of uh, Texas's Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Okay. Now, the interesting thing about Dan Patrick is that he's uh, in charge, you could say. He's uh, presiding over the Senate trial of Ken Paxton. <gasps> And his fucking group gave to him? Gave a lot of money to him. They gave a $1 million donation to him and a $2 million loan to his campaign. His very important campaign for re-election. Do you want to know, you know, why he's so focused on building up his campaign coffers right now? He's obviously got an election coming up, right? Yeah. He does, but it is in... 2026. Fucking hell. Why does he need to be building up his coffer so much right now when he's in the middle? Because he has a trial and he wants to pay bills. Because he has a trial and these guys (laughs) like the guy that he's, you know, putting on trial. So they just happen (laughs) to give him $3 million. And our good friend of the show, Timmy Dunn. Uh, Tim Dunn, the pack disclosed so that Defend Liberty you know, fuck everybody pack, uh, disclosed just under $2 million in donations from Dunn. 
Wow. Wow. So he just gave them all their his money, and then they gave it all to fucking... Oh, my God. <laughs> that is... What are we doing here? We're just kind of sliding stacks of money around on the table. Right. You can say conflict of interest, whatever. It's never going to stick. It's just built into the political it's system you where do. you say... Uh, yeah, we're money is speech, y'all. That's the thing. Naked, that's just the they thing. just say it. You know, that's money talks. Yeah, yeah. Ugh, nasty. So if you don't like that, you got to wonder, you know, about your various other politicians that take the same, you know, same money. They get away with it, yeah. or yeah, <laughs> they're not as brazen as this. They're they're this brazen because <laughs> they're in Texas. They know they can do it. Oh my god! But tons of other places do this. Your local officials, your state level officials, your just paying uh, for their legal bills. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's all the way through. <sighs> it's legal because our system serves capital. I mean, we can go all the way back to state and revolution. Talks about what is even the purpose of a state. Mm-hmm. There it is. Yeah, moving on. Uh, Ken Paxton. He's another one that is like stretching to the brink the definition of brother in christ but uh <laughs> you know come on the show uh, if you ever want to discuss things ken paxton will we'll treat you nice won't we i won't i won't be there <laughs> <laughs> that is me being nice honestly it's me that's true we'll abstaining tre- <laughs> we'll treat you nice by kicking them off the show for one episode <laughs> yeah yeah i'll go fucking take a break uh Ugh, i could not be trusted so things are kind of stupid over here uh they're also bad in France. I know we covered the... Yeah, what's going on with them now? Well, you know, they were doing protests and stuff like that. Um, but I saw this interesting uh, article about a bill that they recently passed. At the time of this article, they were working on it, but they did pass mm-hmm. this law uh, about surveillance. We were talking about the surveillance state Ooh. and stuff before. Yeah. Uh, France says, it sounds kind of cool. Maybe <gasps> we should hop on board. No. French lawmakers on Tuesday adopted a sweeping justice reform bill that includes a provision to allow law enforcement agents to remotely tap into the cameras, microphones, and location services of phones and other internet connected devices of some suspected criminals. Absolutely not. Oh, come on. No. If you don't have anything to hide. (laughs) I don't want them to watch me pooping. Well, you would. Okay. So are they going to come after you? Uh, It's limited. All right. It's limited to suspects involved in terrorism, organized crime, or anything that's punishable by five or more years in prison. That's probably a lot of things. So depending on how much you're carrying, I mean, that could be like marijuana here in the States. I know they're just be weed. They're not as bad about it. I don't think, but yeah, you never really hear about weed in Europe. Like y'all do weed. I think they do weed whenever they want. <laughs> yeah, is it just like chill? I didn't smell it much when I was there. I was going like, to say the same thing. I was like, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I feel like I smell it more in New York than I do. <laughs> oh yeah, we smelled it all over in uh, Pittsburgh. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I think it's legal in Pennsylvania. So, mm-hmm. but no, oh, I mean like Paris, I didn't smell it Munich, in Berlin. Y'all smoke weed? Nothing. Y'all cool? <laughs> They're probably Let us cool. Know. But... If you're European. <laughs> Do you smoke weed? Maybe it's just a European. They have We're like a, a cooler weed that is like not even dank smelling. It's just like, oh, it's like just lavender real... or something, you know? Ooh. They, they just all vape. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sound off in the comments if you're like, <laughs> there you, we do not vape. Uh, <laughs> we only smoke cigarettes. 
Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> they do smoke a lot of cigarettes. I'll say that. <laughs> that's true. Um, so I thought this was interesting. That yeah, that's rough. Right amid all this, you know, debate over police crackdowns and how brutal they are to the to the populace, they're going to be like, why don't we give those guys just a little more power? More, just more. And so, you know, there's argument about it and stuff, but it went through and people are trying to say, don't worry, we're only going to use this for bad situations. But you know what they told us? All right, we'll give you some, some advice from over here in the surveillance state of the United States. They told us the same things, the same guys that, you know, lie to us about the Iraq war and everything back then. They were also lying to us about the Patriot act and anybody with a brain could look at it and say, you guys are going to like abuse this. You're going to, uh, you know, the, cause you, okay. So over here you do technically have to get like a warrant from a judge. You have to go to a special, I forget what the acronym is, but there's an acronym court that you have to go to a secret court. You go to it, you argue your thing before the judge. You say, we think that this guy's talking with, you know, whoever terrorist over here in Syria. And so we can spy on him and his known associates. It's notoriously easy to do though. And that's the thing is that that's exactly what they're going to do. They're like, oh, you have to have a judge who's investigating the thing to approve of it. It's going to get rubber stamped. Uh, what, where's the proof? The proof is Edward Snowden uncovering the prism mass surveillance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't just the people that they were targeting, but it was everybody mass data, everything yeah. they could get their hands on. Uh, they have these massive data centers out in the West where they're just like collecting data to like, go through later they don't even know what they're gonna do with it right now <laughs> wow and that's gonna be wow. y'all y'all are gonna have that same thing sitting yeah. up there in leon and marseille and everywhere else welcome <laughs> it's not good i don't like it here but welcome yeah the <laughs> creep of the fash yeah i mean you know like in cop shows when like the cop is friendly with the judge mm-hmm. like of course the judge is gonna say yes they're best friends <laughs> yeah <laughs> they all know each other <laughs> they're, they're all they're on the same team you they know? are on the same team. They work for the state. Um, they have an interest in law and order, which means keeping their boot heel on your neck. And that's what they're about. And, and this is not, this is part of a trend. You know, back in April, France passed a law to allow the use of artificial intelligence and drones in mass video surveillance during the Olympics that are coming to Paris. Wow. When are those? The next 2024. Summer? Paris, wow. So if you haven't set the whole thing on fire by then, we'll be watching the Olympics there. <laughs> That's one way to make sure the Olympics doesn't come to your town and Which, ruin yeah, it. They're so, set it on it's fire. It's supposed to be bad for <laughs> cities and stuff, right? It's always bad. Like, yeah, no one no one enjoys having it there. I bet the only people who enjoy having it there are people who live in the suburbs who are like, cool, <laughs> it's my city. And it's like, you're not from yeah. there. <laughs> the developers and shit that like, make money off of it, too. And some oh, of yeah, those yeah. guys. Yeah, for but sure. They're gone. Sure. They like you know? that. <laughs> the shady construction companies that build crumbling yeah. Olympic villages. They love it. <laughs> so, I mean, I've only heard that like kind of third hand. I've really never done the research, but yeah, you're right. It's supposed to be awful for the cities. I mean, it, it's the problem of, okay, do you want to cause a huge traffic problem and just like fucking shut down London for a, several months? Or do you want to build it in the middle of nowhere? Like they did with like Sochi and shit. And then like, well now you have a ghost town. <laughs> 
with like six football fields or you know uh, soccer fields or which whatever. i will admit can be cool architecturally like if you go back <laughs> later and you get cool tiktok videos of like abandoned architecture i love that shit it's just like but it's cool skateboarding videos but when we we're talking about boiling the earth we probably shouldn't put any energy so that sort of stuff maybe hold the fuck off yeah, I, can, I can miss out on some cool abandoned architecture videos <laughs> if it means you know not frying when i'm walking down the sidewalk dude we were we took a walk great. earlier and we probably Why shouldn't did you do that abby said it's not gonna be that bad no she lied but i was like uh i'm not sweating anymore i need to get in the house by the end of it you know <laughs> you ran out of water yeah oh <laughs> uh, dude i know kyle's been like golfing like a fucking maniac and he comes home and his shirts are just completely soaked there's like salt on them i'm like this is horrifying why do you do this to yourself i can't i just yeah. don't leave my house yeah Oh, so France, um, I'm not going to give any, I mean, give words of encouragement, but I'm not going to give any advice because you guys know what to do way the fuck better than we do. So for fucking sure. So, uh, just, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Bring these guys in, uh, fix shit. I have, I have heard some kind of interesting pushback to kind of like the, not, you know, uh, not hating on, on the French by any means, but like kind of the sentiment behind like the American lens on France and like how cool they are at protesting. Oh yeah. 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 Some people are like, Hey, like we can't do this. Like we'll just get murdered. Like you mm. remember how all those people from black lives matter, like mysteriously went missing. Yeah. Like, and, and that's true. I wonder, I don't know. I don't know how robust their like equivalent of FBI is. So maybe there are some people disappearing over there. Yeah, at that, I mean, at that point, it's mass action. I don't think they have the apparatus to do it in France. I, like, they, at least not domestically, they funded some pretty dark secret ops shit back in the day when they had, you know, colonies and stuff. They would... Yeah, yeah. They would fuck some stuff up. But I don't think that they have as notorious... I mean, they don't have people, you know, dying by suicide by, like you know, three gunshots in the back of the head in a burning car like we do from Ferguson activists and shit like that. People Christ. got murdered um, by the government in in that. You're right. So, I mean, yeah, we do face that added challenge. I don't think the counteract, the, the counteractive like measure to that is don't take, you know, direct no, action. No, no, not at all what I'm saying. Yeah. I think, I think it's just like, I guess... I don't know. Not not at all an excuse or like a, a diss or anything like that. But it's just like kind of acknowledging like, yeah, we're in different environments, man. Yeah. I think there's two aspects to it. One, if you're a regular person, probably don't take part in anything but, you know, regular protests that you think are either A, going to be completely peaceful or B, you can get out of at the right time. If you're just an, a normal listener. If you're our eating meat and getting buff listener. <laughs> do some cool stuff and stop you. what did lenin do in czarist russia because okay there's a lot of parallels czarist russia had lots of operatives in the underground communist movements and socialist movements so much so that like you didn't know you know if somebody you were working with was an op right uh yeah lenin there was this one guy that was totally an op he was in the okrona the czar's secret police and lenin like vouched for him for a long time because he thought like no he wasn't an op and oh, it, like no. it was just back and forth and people were saying oh was he wasn't he it's just i forget his name but uh he actually but he was like doing shit for the movement too ah. so it's this complex web and that's wow. exactly where leftist organizations find themselves in the united states 
Um, would absolutely watch a, a prestige television series about that. Yeah, that would be because <laughs> it's so. That would be yeah. sick. Uh, but that's the thing is generally in our organizations, when you hear somebody talking about, well, why don't we take more drastic actions? This is usually a fed or if any, again, Mm -hmm. our perennial warning to you, if someone tries to sell you explosives, they're a fed. They're Uh, definitely a fed. There's that parallel. But the other parallel is what did the Bolsheviks do in response to this? The Bolsheviks took, uh, you know, drastic actions, uh, to centralize their, you know, decision-making, uh, to be very clandestine, uh, to act like they always had this threat of the government betraying them behind every corner because that was a threat, right? Yeah, and so yeah. They had to become the secret organization sort of thing. They had to, you know, spread the word, but also uh, be this this tight network. And so I think if you're going to be action man, if you're going to be, you know, the eat raw meat, get buff <laughs> person, mm-hmm. that's what you have to keep in mind. Uh, is you have that that's what you're dedicating yourself to is this in the united states because this is just as oppressive of a surveillance state of a national security state you cannot be joking around out there because you're going to get got yeah yeah whereas france has more of a revolutionary tradition like they're like this is fucking what we do when we're mad we set shit on fire (laughs) yeah and their government is a little bit more afraid of their people Mm -hmm. ours are just like we will squash you very easily (laughs) We, you know, you remember what we were showing you on TV in 2003 when we were smart bombing villages in Iraq and everything. We'll just do that here. That came home. Empire came home, and and you see that in your local police departments now. Mm-hmm. Armored personnel it's carriers. Robo dogs. Yeah. So we, we we you're right. We don't have the same circumstances, and so you either have to be normal person and be ready to just kind of like <laughs> chill and let someone else handle it, or you have to be ready for the big leagues. Yeah, man, you know, I know there's lots of stats out there of like summer makes people mad. And so that's when things pop off. Mm -hmm. I want like a fall winter revolution because I have many tattoos that I would have to cover up if I had to do a crime. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do that. I would be the worst person to commit a crime. It's like, you mean the fucking bitch with pink hair and like 10 tattoos? Yeah, I could describe them right now. Right, yeah. <laughs> Wearing short shorts and a crop top. Yeah, okay. Yeah, like that's them there right there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to go full, full coverage, full creepy bodysuit. <laughs> and then it'd be like, well, it's the person in the creepy bodysuit. That's them. You're like wearing like a Spider-Man outfit or something. <laughs> It's Fat Spider-Man. They did. It. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> uh, Hats off to France. Good luck. Do your shit. And be careful when copying France. Yes. <laughs> Cover your many tattoos. Yeah. Become Fat Spider-Man. Well, anyone can be Spider-Man. <laughs> so they say. Uh, so the third book that I was reading... <laughs> Ooh, oh, yeah. just, Christine read some books. That's the episode <laughs> title. <laughs> Christine kind of read some books. Yeah. Skimmed. <laughs> Did not finish any of them. Sample. This one I'm, I'm the furthest in. Um, it's called Mating in Captivity. It is a perennial in advice columns, which you know I love. The thesis is that it's very difficult to maintain both a stable and secure long-term relationship um, and like still fuck. <laughs> Um, which like, that's a pretty classic, uh, I would say accepted thing of like, yeah, it's hard to do, man. People get bored. There's the honeymoon phase, all that kind of shit. Right. Yeah. And she posits that like the more 
familiar and intimate you are with someone like it can be kind of an inverse relationship where it's like yeah that's gonna go down it's really interesting and um it's it's very like easy to read that that's that one i got the furthest in so (laughs) it won Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm gonna keep reading that one but there's one little paragraph in it that i really enjoyed and it was this concept that and i think this kind of got touched on too in a marriage history which i also really loved of as our society moved from the communal to the atomized, we began placing more and more expectations on our partner. Um, mm-hmm. They had to be everything to yeah. us because we live far away from extended family and like we don't have, we're not close to our neighbors, things like that. We're like, well, now you had to be my best friend and, you know, my lover and, <laughs> and also provide financially. Like they are just overwhelmed mm-hmm. with like how much and like it, becomes really impossible to live up to those standards. So I don't know, just, I read a lot today about how, how fucked we are. (laughs) So (laughs) how fucked we are by capitalism. And even that book, which is not explicitly about capitalism, got to it. So what do you think? How would that look differently in the commune? Well, okay. What's interesting is a later chapter in that book talks about how um, some of our like democratic ideals can be a little bit at odds with like the, with how actual desire works. Like if you're like so conscientious and so like, what do you want to do? <laughs> then it kind of like takes like the passion out of it. Um, okay. It, listeners, it's really fun to talk about sex with your brother. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like using as many metaphors as I can. I'm like, I'm not going to say anything weird. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so yeah, basically saying like those democratic ideals can kind of get in the way. And like, sometimes you just need to be like, be a little selfish or whatever. But then I was also, you know, reading basically at the same time the the Better Sex Under Socialism book, and they're saying that, like, I mean, yeah, it gets better because you have you have resources. <laughs> so yeah. I I think it's both. I, I think it's like you have to be fucking physically taken care of and mentally taken care of in so many ways. Like you, we just need a fucking safety net. We just don't fucking have one anymore. I think uh, uh, maybe the good distinction to draw there is that uh, liberal democratic society, capitalist society you don't have real equality. So you feel the need to enact equality on the personal level in your interpersonal relationship. So, yeah. So this is something I think about a lot in the context of like domestic work and, and child rearing. Like I, you know, I'm constantly, I have a very big fear that like when we have kids, like everything's going to fall to me. You'll be the house spouse. Yeah. And I'm just like, not into that. Yeah. (laughs) And I, and on some levels, like I get it, like I am a little more naturally nurturing than I think my spouse is like, I'm just like, I'm very good with kids Mm -hmm. and I work from home all the time, whereas he travels a lot too. So like, I get that I would be the natural choice, but I really am scared of it. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I think a lot about like how I have to place this artificial, like, and I think a lot of couples struggle with this, this like you have to have a determined discussion about how to divide labor up. Um, and I'm glad we're having those discussions for sure. I'd re- definitely rather have those discussions than not have them. But the real issue is like, hey, we don't fucking have childcare in this country. We don't have paid maternity leave. We're like one of like nine countries who doesn't do th- who don't do that. We you know, we don't have any support system. So like, in, in reality, like we're trying to solve all these problems of, of whether it's sex, whether it's um, division of labor, all these relationship problems, all these relational and emotional problems have a root in like how unsupported we are in the rest of our lives. Like another theory the book posits, it's like 
honing yourself more as an individual, like the thing that can help with, with desire and spontaneity and stuff like that is like being your own separate person. And like, it's very easy to kind of enmesh with each other and become kind of one person when you've been together for so long. Um, but they say like, oh, it's really exciting when like you go do your own thing and then you come together and you're like much more excited. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, I, I love that when you've, uh, sometimes I feel this too, when you've spent the entirety of the weekend or however long it is mm-hmm. together, it does feel like you have less to talk about. Right. And it is kind of Yeah. Fun. You're like, you were there the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, hey, we're still here. We're eating. But like. <laughs> what did you do? Uh, you were fucking here. <laughs> <laughs> and I, like, it is fun when you've, when you've had your different adventures. This is why listeners, hey, if, if y'all are, you know, working at the same place as your spouse, great. Cool. I don't I know how do the book you do it. I would, first off, I'd murder him. Because <laughs> it's just... They would catch me very fast. <laughs> it was them. Uh, the tattoos, man. <laughs> it was Fat Spider-Man. I love it's that. Fat Spider-Man. You just, I don't have to tell you. You just do your crimes in a Spider-Man suit. Like. <laughs> this is my crime suit. <laughs> but, uh, uh, that might have to be the title. Yeah, there's just so much, you know, it's, it's so much more interesting to have spent chunks not the whole day but chunks of the day apart and get to like share your adventures and shit i get that yeah yeah like this therapist was like taking even further she's like i advise one couple to like live separately for a while because i'm just like whoa you guys are super fucking enmeshed with each other i don't think it's healthy like take a break you know yeah and like that helped them realize like oh like you're independent and i love that about you and like that kind of rekindled things all that to say is that we are trying to solve all these issues of of emotional things when it needs to be more of like, Oh, we need to have like whole good lives. <laughs> yeah. And like, I get, I can name one big thing that's standing in the way of that. I think one, a parallel to this or, uh, something that also suffers from this, we won't address things, um, as a society. So we have to pawn it off on leaving individual couples or what have you to solve it themselves. And try to cram everything that the human being is missing from society into their individual relationship or relationships. A, a good parallel to that is is the school system, the education system, uh, oh, is that oh, there yeah. there are so many pitfalls in society that we try to poorly paper over uh, in the education system in terms of a like 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 let's make sure that kids have enough to eat while they're at school. And, you know, try to send as much as we can to them when they're not at school sort of thing. You know, let's try to address their social emotional learning some, you know, somewhat because maybe they're not getting that at home. Counseling services, mental health services, you know, basic schools, all, all these things that we're, we're trying to help them bec- in that kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's okay. It's not, I'm not saying we shouldn't do it, but it would be better addressed in a wider social framework of let's let's provide more shit for people, you know? Yeah. What if every kid just like had healthcare? <laughs> yeah. That should be controversial. What if every kid didn't fucking starve? Like, come on. Like, what if we took care of people? Yeah, no, every year I have kids that I have to sit at the front of the room because they, otherwise they're, 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 they can't see the board and they can't get oh. glasses or anything. And they just have to be there. And even so they're like sitting there squinting the whole time because you can't see it. You know? And that's probably going to hurt their eyes more. Yeah, it's going to give them headaches. That's I oh. struggle with that myself. Remember, I, <laughs> idiot. I was like fourth grade. Finally, I figured out. Oh, not everything's supposed to be blurry when it's far away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I have found myself starting to squint, but it's only things that are like 
understandable to squint at, but I'm still really excited because I'm going to look super hot in glasses. <laughs> but yeah, I think another thing is that, you know, the flip side of how bad capitalism structures society, structures gender relations, structures people's interpersonal relationship, like we're complaining about how atomized it is and how alone you feel compared to your neighbors, compared to people in your community. You know, your friend networks are, are kind of really the only village that you have, and even they're scattered geographically and and, and whatnot. That's and, and by happenstance, maybe you have lots or few friends. All of that is is kind of the atomized version of capitalism. But what's our flip side? You know, our flip side is a society that doesn't set out to necessarily put you all in the same neighborhood block and that's your only group of friends or something. We're not saying that. You can get on a fucking train and go visit whoever. Yeah, and I think more broadly speaking, there's less pressure for you to fight for a team within your own interpersonal relationship if you have genuine equality in society. So if you have... Yes. Act, you know, if you have full-on real healthcare, full-on real... Uh, a security net, you have like a guaranteed income, uh, you have guaranteed housing, you have the need, you're going to survive. You're not yeah. tethered to a person to survive. You're going to survive. And your child's going to survive and do well. Yeah. That coupled with, so the survival need coupled with the social need of being seen in society as a worthy person. I think in capitalism and, and in patriarchal, you know, capitalist societies and stuff, that's always a question with anyone female or assigned female at birth. It's, 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 or, or transition or however you want to do it. There's a pressure to fight for your side and to fight to, to yes. represent that within your own, you know, particular relationships and say, well, I, you know, we have to work things out this way because I'm not just me. I'm women. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And that's, that's a ridiculous pressure. It becomes a fight of principles when it really should just be like a, hey, can you do this for me? Yeah, sure. Right. <laughs> like, it, sh it should be way lower stakes than like, you don't see me as a full person, like a full meltdown. And this is domestic work and stuff of, of like, you know, negotiating all that. Um, this is, you know, sexual relations in terms of, mm -hmm. you know, oh, who's going to be more dominant or what have you. Mm -hmm. Like, like you said, that can like just get in the way, the, the mood or whatever. It's like. Yeah, it's it sucks to sit and have to negotiate. You, you, yeah, yeah, that's like I don't know. And and so better sex under socialism would be we don't. That's not troubling because our society is built in a genuinely egalitarian way. And I don't want to pardon you know past socialist experiments and say that they were fully you know sexually or or gender relations wise a hundred percent on those issues. Yeah. They weren't. But, you know, to the greater extent that they were, I think that that helps people, frees them from that burden. They started the first half of the equation, though, and they did it imperfectly for sure. Mm -hmm. There were shortages. There were, you know, not always top quality of care, whatever. But, like, they fucking tried. <laughs> yeah. And, and another thing that, that the surveillance capitalism book talked about was the idea of these, like, stages of modernity uh, they have like this first stage, they say, was when we like increase the standard of living. And they're like, okay, people back then, before that, they were limited by their birth, you know, completely, completely limited. Are we talking just like industrialization? 
period or something? I, I think, yeah, I think that's a safe. Yeah, I'm going to say industrialization because the next one's more like 50s, 60s, I think. You know, this lifted up standards of living so that like, okay, I'm not fucking starving anymore. Great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. <laughs> the way they put it is like you were limited by by your circumstances and and uh, you, were, you were held back from expressing who you are because there are more like societal expectations on you basically. And then... The second wave is like now, like, because your standards of living have increased and you're like, well, I'm alive now, I can start thinking about the bigger questions. Now people felt like overwhelmed by the other side of that equation of like, fuck, who am I? What does it all mean? (laughs) And like, this is when you see the rise of like psychotherapy and stuff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And like that becoming kind of a normal thing, um, instead of just like really outlier cases. And like the book was talking about like, that's fine. Like, that's uh, that's okay. But the problem is that like during that period, we stripped away all of those supporting services and social safety net. So now you're struggling with who the fuck am I? And also I can't afford rent. Yeah. You're, you're, <laughs> yeah, you're on both ends of it. That's for sure. Yeah. And yeah. You have both, both of the bads. That's a, uh, what basic psychology. Mm-hmm, Maslow's hierarchy. Maslow. Yeah, exactly. Maslow would be a cute cat name. Oh, that is good. He'd be at the top of the pyramid every time. Mas- no, he'd, he'd be little, the whole pyramid. Maslow the kitten there. <laughs> he would just be the whole pyramid. He's like, all you need is me. It's just a little triangular cat face. <laughs> just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's Maslow. Uh, yeah. Dude, that was deep. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when you read three different books at once. <laughs> yeah, no, I love the. I love when we do these episodes because we like synthesize from the different shit we've been talking about yeah. and like tie it back in, you know? It's like it's all connected. Oh, whoa. Conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got a sad story and a stupid story if you want to get into them. Give me sad, we'll end on stupid. All right. One sad in that anyone's trying to do this, but there is still an off ramp. It doesn't have to happen, but it's about Spain. Okay. Okay. So Spain is going through it. Uh, the current government is kind of like the moderate socialists under Pedro Sanchez. Uh, and he's the prime minister. Um, he's in charge. He's the G- secretary general of the Spanish Socialist Workers Party, uh, the PSOE. Uh, socialists, you know, they used to be way more radical than they are now. Now they're like moderate socialists. Uh, anyway. He kind of sucks. Like, okay. he just keeps getting into scandals, embarrassing things, and, like, <laughs> repeatedly says, we're definitely going to do this, and then doesn't do it. Um, okay. Or does literally the opposite. It's just, he's bad. <laughs> okay. I don't mean he's Sounds a bad terrible. guy. I just mean he's, like, not a very good leader. And like, uh-huh. people in Spain are like, fuck you. They're over it. And so, recently, they, they took a pummeling in local elections, and he said... Well, we're going to show them we're going to do an early election and really Uh-oh. hammer it home. Well, it doesn't look like they're going to do very well. I don't think they would. Uh, and so that's coming up Sunday. So pretty close. Mm, yeah, yeah. And it's looking like probably the winning party there is going to be the popular party, which is a conservative party. Mm. And... You may say, well, okay, well, they're, you know, Spanish conservatives. They're not going to be that bad. Uh, But I would point you to our Spanish Civil War. Yeah, no, they can be some fascists in there. Uh, In fact, uh, Uh the the 
popular party or the uh, people's party is another translation. Uh, it results, it's, it's like a merger. So there was a party called the people's alliance that was immediately when Franco died, everything's thrown into a tumult. You know, they're going to have like multiple parties and shit. This was made up as a federation of different like factions or proto parties from guess what? Ministers within Franco's government. Cool. Cool start. They all say, well, you know, we're all assholes. Why don't we team up together? (laughs) <laughs> Let's make the super group. So they form the Alianza Popular, the People's Alliance. And then that ends up merging with uh, some Christian Democratic kind of parties to Those form the People's Party. Always let party. me down. Yeah, they're, they're always like respectably right wing, but just like their arm around kind of a dis, you know, an unrespectable right wing guy. They're like like the white girl who dates like she like she's a feminist or whatever. She dates like an asshole, and you're just like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. So and that's so that's the roots of the People's Party. Not a great family tree. No. I mean, like that's, uh, that's how's their logo? Their logo is fine. It it's okay, a little, not too fashy. No, it's like a cute logo for in in Pokemon the PowerPoint the PP. It's just PP mm, yeah. with a little PP kind of like. <laughs> A heart, like part of a heart over it. You don't see the bottom or the sides, but like. Yeah, implied heart or butt. Implied butt. (laughs) People's butt. Pee pee butt. (laughs) Big old pee pee butt. Uh, Anyway, they're they're slated to do well. Well, that sucks. In a lot of the local elections, they did well. And in a lot of the local elections, they teamed up with the far right party, Vox. Uh Vox. Like voice. voice. Yeah. Um, and these guys are far right. Basically what they do is they take like, we want to be like Franco, but they just take out like the Franco and just say like, we want to do, we want to do XYZ. Yeah. Did you forget? We want to do that again. So they're, they're far right. And people are a little controversial about them. Like, Oh, they're not that far right or whatever, but they, they're, these guys are fash, um, (sighs) disguised fash. And the popular party, uh, now kind of, they've been in government before like in the post-Franco stuff, but they've never been in government in alliance with these guys. And what it's looking like in the election is that it's going to be probably first and second, the People's Party, like these these post-Franco center-right now mm-hmm. kind of guys, in first, probably, and then the Socialist Alliance, probably yeah. in second. And then a lot of people are thinking Vox is going to come in third and be Fuck. like an alliance with these guys. Fuck, that sucks. In particular, it sucks because, like I said, these conservatives have been in power before. And one of the things that has been kind of an ongoing project with the government support in Spain has been the exhuming of mass graves uh, from the Spanish Civil War period. Whoa, what are they doing that for? Well, to identify the remains and, and ah. of people who were, uh, you know, in in mass killed by yeah, yeah. Franco's regime. Yeah. You know, and we, we covered that there was a red terror and there was a white terror. And so there are probably mass graves of, of the Franco regime, you know, of their supporters as well. But the government has been trying to identify these for people, you know, and say like, mm-hmm. let's do DNA testing and let's see, you know, like, cause people don't know. Yeah. They're just like disappeared. Yeah. There's New York times article, uh, by constant Mahout, uh, entitled Spanish vote threatens efforts to recover Franco's victims. 
it talks about people whose by now it's like their grandparents and they, they talk about their parents like hiding photographs of their oh. own parents like we're not allowed to talk about this because that was illegal <gasps> in Franco's regime like to mention you know victims of his side's repression and shit and so like they just you know would not show their children you know pictures of their own parents Jesus, uh, because they didn't you know they were they were repressing that as a society anyway this conservative party has been in power before and has defunded uh government you know support for these exhuming efforts and stuff they're just like we don't need that we're not doing that and that was just the regular conservative regular conservatives yeah because i mean super conservatives might be like oh and these were all killed by communists like who the fuck knows what they'll do they'll be like an anti-communist museum or something Sure. I mean, they're going to revive Franco's like memorial and shit and Mm -hmm. do all that. But like that, that's kind of the fear is that it's going to go back to the bad old times of these guys are at the helm of actually, we're not going to fund this. And also don't talk about this. Like you're, you're actually not allowed to exhume these bodies and you're not allowed to try to discover this history. Talk about (sighs) this history. How far does it go? That's, yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's extremely telling that they don't want these bodies found because it's their fucking bodies. Like, they did it. Yeah. At least their progenitors did it, and they want to do it again. They talk about, uh, and this is alive and well, apparently, in the Spanish population. You, you know, it just wasn't that long ago. Yeah. I'm nearing on 100 years, but not yet. But still, that's so recent. And, you know, generations-wise, that's extremely recent. Yeah. You have um, this, they're talking about this example of a mass grave that they're exhuming. Uh, it's, you know, it's talking about people saying, yeah, they, these people shouldn't be forgotten. And it says, not everyone agrees at the entrance of the ravine, a sign paying tribute to the victims has been defaced by graffiti reading <gasps> Viva Franco. Oh uh, to which God. someone responded in graffiti, uh, fascism must not be discussed. It must be destroyed. There we go. Uh, That's what I like. We're on that side. Cause, yeah. Cause fuck this. So, yeah, I think we can discuss it, but just to shit on it. <laughs> oh, sure, we can. Yeah, because <laughs> I don't want to not discuss it. Because then, like, that's how people fucking forget. Like, that's well, that's how they get away with this shit. I think an easier, a better translation would be debate. Debated. There we go. That's the yeah. word. But that's the thing is they're worried that when if these guys come to power, they're just going to cut this whole thing and they're going to try to start trying to whitewash history. Same way we see in the United States with Republicans getting hold of states and saying like, "Oh, let's call the slaves workers and." Let's ignore mm-hmm. civil rights and everything else. Is they're they're going to do the same thing, you know. The kind of only hope it looks like uh, is that Vox doesn't come in third. Uh, there's another uh, potential coalition, uh, a far left alternative of kind of the small, you know, parties, you know, further to the left of the moderate socialists and stuff that didn't throw in with them. They're kind of like left as the you know the possible if they come in third then you might see something yeah you <laughs> might see this not happen <laughs> oh man but it's tenuous yeah. i don't know yeah that's rough so spain good luck spain yeah electoralism is bullshit but don't let the fascists take over it yeah right. yeah they're never good. And and one thing they might have you doing in the future, which uh, people in London are already having to do, is write love letters to their prospective landlords. Sorry, what? 
<laughs> saw this is this like the... application letters which i i've never had to do on but like those are crazy uh yeah basically it's an application letter for like renting yeah i've never heard I, of. i've heard i've heard of a few people having to do that and like they look like, oh we're gonna be good tenants and you like put a fucking sob story in there and ugh, ugh, it's just so weird i mean cover letters for jobs are bad enough but come on now yeah. for landlords yeah Pro tip, use chat GPT to do it. <laughs> That's the one ethical use of it. I think so. Uh, it's a bullshit thing you're being asked to do, so give them bullshit. But yeah, apparently they're they're having to do that. Uh, I, I guess you're saying this is more widespread. I, I had heard about this in... I'm trying to think where I heard about it. I heard about it in some, some form of media that I was watching, a TV show or a, a, a movie or something. Someone had to write... That letter being like, we're going to be the best tenants ever and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but now it's like required in London? No, it's not required. It's just oh, okay. a, it's lots just a of people do it and they don't, you know, they still don't even get the flat or whatever. It's oh, yeah. Just, so bizarre. It's just another hoop to jump through. Yeah, not big news there. I just thought that was dystopian, but no, no, I now it's run of the mill. <laughs> Boring. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. No, it's fucking gross. I mean, I've only ever rented from like big companies, which are also gross, but like, yeah. Uh, it's like, you know, a private individual or entity should not have control over whether you have a roof over your head. Yeah, it's almost like maybe we should rethink that one. That one should just be a right that you have as a person. Weird. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Interesting concept. Interesting if true. <laughs> oh, okay. You That'll call probably it there? be an hour. Yeah, I'm sweaty and I want another drink, so... <laughs> that's that's good enough for me what are we doing next week uh next week we're going to be hearing from i don't know i think people consider him a fairly intelligent fellow <laughs> uh discussing why he thinks socialism is a good idea yeah we're talking about einstein right yeah mr albert einstein he's gonna you know he, he knows about like how the universe works and shit like that. <laughs> and he came up with a couple of duds like ether and stuff, but he eventually figured it out with relativity uh, and also figured it out with politics in that socialism <laughs> is good. Yeah. Uh, I saw like a little cartoon the other day. Like it was a screenshot of someone being like socialism is so fucking stupid. And the next slide was just a quote from Albert Einstein. <laughs> so it was pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. we're going to look at the article, Why Socialism by Albert Einstein. Sounds great. I mean, they say socialism is a science, so let's talk to the scientists. There you go. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, we'll get into it, do some notes, all that stuff next uh, next week. Don't forget, we have those cool new shirts that I made, so check those out. Buy them. They're cool. Thanks. <laughs> all right. Uh, bye. See ya. <laughs> Hey there, comrades. Just jumping in to remind you of all of our social media. We are on Twitter at Teach Communism, Instagram at Teach Me Communism. You can shoot us an email. That's teachmecommunism at gmail.com. Any of those places are good to send us an episode suggestion or a question, anything you think would be useful feedback for us or just your admiration. If you want to admire us in a public manner, and you should, you can go to Apple Podcasts to give us a review. It is the best way to help people find the show. Love when people write and review us. Please do both. 
We are also on YouTube if that's how you prefer to listen to podcasts, or if you know someone that's the only way they'll listen to podcasts, send them to our page. And we have a Patreon. For five bucks a month, you get access to our notes for each week's episode, including the backlog of notes, which is a very handy resource for up-and-coming commies. And at the end of the year, all of the funds from Patreon will be given to local mutual aid in the DFW area. So, ain't going to line our pockets. Finally, we have merch. Check us out at Tee Public. You can find shirts and I believe also stickers and magnets and all kinds of fun stuff with catchphrases from the show or episode art, stuff like that. The link to that store is in the show notes, so check that out. Okay, that's all the internet. Join us next time for another episode of Teach Me Communism, where the class struggle is always in session. Bye, y'all.